This is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 in two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and my lotto rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Uh, Mom? This is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome to One Shots, a Dum Dums and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot, and I'm here to welcome you back to Star Trek Adventures. This arc features our GM, Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante, and Security Officer Spork. 
Tyler Hewitt is Dr. Bartosh Karai, Laura Elizabeth is Engineer Amri Tor, and the mysterious Kristen as Science Officer Emily Cobalt. The away team returned to the USS Moonhammer to discover the ship was ravaged by the Ion Storm. Sucked into the temporal anomaly, the Moonhammer was attacked by a strange vessel and returned fire with maximum power. What happens when all the power of a Starfleet ship is forced into its phases? Nobody knows cause it's one shot! <laughs> Star Trek Edition. You suddenly see like the amount of power being forced into uh, your, your tactical board and you realize, you make a very quick calculation. Uh, so you fire the first blast and um, you see that it's, again, it's overcharged. This is a very dumb thing to do. You can hear the, the phaser bank start to, like, overheat and burn above you. It fires and just ravages the shields of the other ship. The calculation you made was that if you kill some life support for another five seconds, you could fire again. So you use that second blast while their shields are down to just cut, carve a blast through the, the center of the ship. So the blast carves a hole through the ship. You see it venting personnel and um, uh, debris. Everyone is, is again, you, you have a, a moment of weightlessness. Um, the five seconds seems to last an hour, except for Spork, who I think is probably fine with this. I float serenely in my victory. <laughs> yep. um, bits of Anders start to float up off the deck. Oh, um, And oh then all God. of a sudden... Power comes back on, life support mm -hmm. comes back on, you all drop, and um, sort of you hear a crackle over communications at science that just says, we couldn't stop them, and then the ship explodes. So you're, the moon hammer is crippled. Um, you've used all of your power. Um, Narenda Station isn't too far away, so you feel like once you've spent some time working on the ship, mm -hmm. you can move at impulse, um, of your crew of 20, you're pretty much down to you guys, Bing Bong, and a small fistful of others. Okay. Um, so anything you want to do in the immediate moment? I will pull the ship back to yellow alert uh, and alert the crew to begin critical repairs before they travel to Narenda Station? Yep. Narenda Station. Uh, want to get that captain up and, up and commanding again. So um, can you roll me a control and medicine at difficulty two because you no longer have a med bay. Okay. Two successes. Great. So um, you basically managed to sort of, with what you've got on you in your, your own med kit, um, this, this does seem like something that would happen in the field. This isn't a, a rare occurrence um, for, for a doctor in the field. So you're able to kind of cook up a cocktail and just inject it with them. It's it's not a permanent fix, but right. it'll get him awake and functional. Uh, it's a little bit like an adrenaline shot to the heart. Okay. Like he, so he suddenly like sort of shocks awake, right. and he he grabs sort of grabs you by uh, your uniform and says, "What happened? What happened? Welcome back, Captain. You don't have much of a ship left. Dear God." And he kind of like looks around and he sees the destruction. Like clearly, there's like you know huge amounts of damage. You're you know, you've got two security officers with you. You're on, like, a, yeah. a hover bed. But I, I think you probably pulled them into the, his quarters yeah. once you got out. Because, you, you know, Captain's ready room is always just off the off the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, so he kind of, like, sits up on the, the command table and is just like, well, well what happened? I, I don't fully know yet, sir. Uh, I believe we engaged an enemy ship. Enemy ship? We went through the right, storm. Right, Spork said there was a vehicle. 
So he kind of like hobbles up and you can tell he's, he's pretty fucked up. But he, he puts his hand on your shoulder and he just says, Bartosh, doctor, or Dr. Bart, thank you. That's right. <laughs> I owe you my life and I won't forget it. And he starts to kind of limp towards the, um, he, he limps back out onto the bridge. Um, when he steps out onto the bridge, again, like this, uh, like Grantham was like the, the, the bright shining star of, of uh, Starfleet. People were, you know, comparing him to Kirk's early test results. You know, people were very excited about him. I um, run over to his chair and I wipe the pieces of Anders <laughs> off of it. Yeah, and you, you, see, you see him look, look at the bridge and it's just like, you've seen nothing but kind of intrepid, put together leadership from this man in the entire time you've known him, but you just see it, it fall away for just a moment, see how badly this damage affects him. And he, he looks on the surviving crew with, with uh, great love and great respect, but the horror of this is, is, is too much for him to bear. Completely uh, oblivious to his emotional state, I say, you have the bridge. He says, thank you, Lieutenant Spork. You were acting captain, I assume. Correct. You did well. Correct. <laughs> and he walks over and uh, he goes to put his hand on your shoulder and then he kind of thinks better of it and instead he just sort of nods at you and says, expected no less. And uh, he, uh, he sort of like limps over and uh, he looks to the con panel and he says, wait, where's, where's Anders? Sir, Anders... Uh... Spread liberally over the bridge. <laughs> Thank you, Spork. If it wasn't you, it'd have to be me. I'm sorry, sir. And uh, Grantham, over there. Grantham, and like, there. like, and there. He he thinks on that and he says, you know, he he stayed on the con even though he was afraid. He served well and he saved my life. For if it hadn't been him, it would have been me. He was a good officer. He shall be missed. And then he goes and sort of sits back down in a chair, oblivious to the fact that you just wiped Anders off it. And uh, he says. Uh, uh, he sort of um, calls up the ship's computers offline now. It's, it's pretty damaged. So he pulls out his communicator, calls down to engineering. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, Chief Engineer Emery, uh, what, uh, what kind of power situation are we looking at? Um, we're, we're operating at, at minimal power, sir. I think uh, with a couple repairs, we can get up and running, uh, get the impulse drives up. Can we make it to Narenda Station? Uh, I believe we can, sir. Excellent. Make it so. Aye, Captain. So um, together, limping as a ship, uh, you start to make your way uh, towards the station. Uh, it takes a few days, um, limping at impulse power. There's something particularly horrible as Starfleet officers about being on board a Starfleet ship that doesn't move quickly. Because generally speaking, this is like, none of you have had this experience before. It's slower than a mm-hmm. shuttlecraft. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, so just a question before, before we leave. Um, I, I kind of want to want to take a look out my window and see what remains of the other ship. What, what did it look like? Um, so the other ship has been obliterated. Oh, okay. Like when it went, it, it, it went. went. Um, what I will say is you, I think probably not now, but collectively later we'll be able to kind of describe it. But again, it is very much, you came out of this thing, saw it, and then you blew it up. Um, but I will allow you to have that kind of dialogue with mm-hmm. each other to kind of figure out what it looked like. Okay. I put in with the captain for commendations for both Lieutenant Tor and Enten Bing Bong, as without <laughs> them, we could not have survived the previous conflict. So he, he's not even going to look at those until later, but 
you know, he gets the dings on his, his command console and I, I in my right in, 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 in my own room later, I sit down and I'm like, interesting, an injured captain moves at the same rate as his ship. But that's just for me, and I don't write that down. I like that uh, your version of Spock's conflict about emotion is more so like I'm willing to say most things. I will not say this one. <laughs> like that's that's huge personal growth for you. <laughs> I am aware that criticizing superior officers directly to them in the presence of the crew will lead to problems. Do you have I a, have graduated from the academy. Do you, have a, do you have a value associated with that? Starfleet rules must be followed in public. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about that later. I think you just earned yourself some XP. Um, uh, yeah, so um, again, trailing, um, leaving a fallen comrades behind, the debris of the mysterious ship and the now uh, gone anomaly, um, you begin to uh, to limp towards Narenda Station. So um, the Moonhammer limps back to uh, Narendra Station. It was somewhere you could stop along the way. Um, relationships between the Klingons and it was a Klingon station initially. Um, really, the relationship between the Federation and the Klingons had gotten better since the end of the Klingon Cold War, but was still a bit touchy. Um, however, it was the kind of place that if a Federation vessel happened to need to stop or pass by, as was the case with uh, your trip to Trill, uh, for Grantham's joining, um, you could do so safely. So you assume they'll offer you a port of safe harbor, given uh, the dire circumstance of the ship. Um, so as you uh, start to approach the station, um, you receive a, a hail. Um, and who's on... I assume, um, Elizabeth, you're still kind of operating science con. Yeah. So I think you probably have uh, the comms as well. Okay. So um, I was going to say, if we're going classic next generation, Warf at Tactical is the one who does the hails. Oh, all right. Great. Mm-hmm. I was I was mixing my, my tricks because I was like, Uhura would kind of do science and comms. And yeah, she, she'd do that there, but they always have Warf. Great. All right. Ending communication and hailing people. So, uh... <laughs> No response, Captain. It's yeah. like he says oh, good. that more than anybody else ever. Is someone hailing us? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, up on them. So uh, you're receiving uh, you're receiving uh, a hail from the station, Spork. Uh, we're receiving a hail from the station, Captain. Uh, uh, very good, Spork. Open hailing frequencies. Open. So um, you receive a, sort of a. Um, the view screen, which is kind of cracked and damaged from uh, various trials and tribulations, um, switches to show um, a uh, female Bajoran uh, who is, uh, you probably wouldn't know Bajorans at that point. I see a female woman with um, sort of nose ridges and an odd earring um, who appears to be wearing an odd variation on a Starfleet uniform. Um, it, uh, you can see a Starfleet insignia. Um, but it's more rounded than you remember. Um, her outfit is uh, black with uh, yellow shoulder, uh, sort of yellow shoulder bar, um, rather than uh, full color as yours are. She says, uh, attention, unidentified vessel. Uh, this is the uh, space station Narendra. Uh, please identify yourselves. And uh, Grantham says... Uh, Oh, this is this is where the NPC thing comes in. Um, so um, <laughs> <laughs> we are all laughing in this room at yeah. Tom trying to you know, improvise to a scene a with himself. <laughs> so um, uh, Grantham um, responds. Uh, this is the USS, and then he sort of coughs and uh, he spits up some blood, 
And uh, he kind of looks up sort of imploringly, uh, realizing he, he doesn't have Anders around. Uh, so he, uh, he, he looks to uh, Elizabeth at, at science and says, <clears throat> oh, Go. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, hello, uh, this is uh, the Moonhammer. And the, uh, the lady on the screen kind of looks at you quizzically and says, but uh, no, it's not. I, I can assure you it is the USS Moonhammer. So she uh, she punches in a couple things and um, kind of looks up at the ship and looks at you and says, uh, all right, uh, you're cleared for landing in uh, docking bay three and uh, the signal cuts out. So um, the uh, the ship comes in. Grantham seems to be doing not so well. You know, he's, he's been patched up, but uh, he's still certainly uh, suffered some trauma. Um, you land and there's a number of um, security personnel waiting uh, for you. And... Um, Essentially, an armed escort takes the command crew to so you guys and says, uh, the Admiral wants to see you and starts marching you through the, the station. As we wander through the station, I lean over to Captain Grantham and I say, don't worry about your injuries, sir. Bing Bong is an expert in cybernetics. Is there anything that little Nug can't do? <laughs> Speak grammatically. Ah, true say, my friend. True say. Um... So this is an odd station. Um, immediately you're struck by the fact that there are Klingons everywhere. And uh, you certainly have encountered Klingons, you've dealt with Klingons, but you've never seen this many Klingons in one space. And it's very odd because they seem to be talking to Federation officers and um, there seems to be kind of a, a feeling of mutual respect and comfort that uh, seems wildly outside the experience that you've had. In modern terms, it would be the equivalent of... Um, sort of living through the Cold War and then jumping ahead to, like, the 90s when Russians were our pals again. Um, so this is very strange to you. Um, you keep seeing these odd uh, variations on Starfleet uniforms. It looks very stodgy to you. Uh, where are the miniskirts? Where are the bright colors? It's very odd. Um, however, people do seem to be... You do see Starfleet insignias everywhere, so you're somewhat comforted by that. I immediately expect we have been betrayed by the station. Fair enough. Um, so uh, you're brought, uh, you're sort of brought through the station to a chamber, and uh, the security staff asks you to turn over any phasers you may have. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to. Oh, uh, mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, mom. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. By the end of this ad, two people will be told they have cancer. Yes, every 15 seconds, someone is diagnosed with cancer. But by the end of this ad, you could do something about it with your donation. A gift of any amount to the American Cancer Society can help those facing cancer get free rides to care or a free place to stay closer to treatment. Donate today at cancer.org. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, friends. It's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dumb dumbs and dice. Yeah, so I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom. He does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right, that address that I totally just said. Go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. I am an acting Starfleet lieutenant. I am the acting chief of security <laughs> of the USS Moonhammer here with my captain. I will not relinquish my phaser. Sorry, may I ask why we need to relinquish our phasers? Well... Uh, ma'am, you'll have to forgive me, but uh, this is all very strange. Uh, the USS Moonhammer is currently on maneuvers halfway across the galaxy. The Admiral is curious to hear your story, but he's not going to just let you walk in armed. You have to understand. You may not realize this, but my body is a deadly weapon. <laughs> Take away this phaser and the Admiral is no more safe than if I had it at my side. Okay, Hence, sport. I believe I could keep Sorry. it to protect your admiral, I... perhaps from the traitor forces that have infiltrated this station. Grantham <laughs> looks at you with, with just a, a look of, of respect, but also exhaustion. Says, just give him your damn phaser, Spork. That's an order. I hand over my Type 2 phaser. And then he leans over. like As, as you do, he kind of leans over and he's like, besides, we both know your hands are the deadliest weapons of all. Flattering, sir. I've also hidden a phaser type one <laughs> in my back pocket. <laughs> That's I my spork. The phaser type one can be hidden. That's my spork. He's useful for all manner of things. <laughs> Not necessarily violence. any one thing, but two things slightly yeah. less well than a specific tool for either. Um, and uh, so um, that he was hands a spork over his joke. Everyone. Yep. There we go. First of many. Uh, hands over his uh, his weapons. Um, I assume you all do the same. I don't have one to hand over. I, I, I already I'm gave that one up. And yep. Yeah, I reluctantly hand mine over. Great. So, um, security personnel, uh, open I, the doors. I give you a nod, impressed that someone else was reluctant. <laughs> uh, security personnel, um, open the doors uh, and you kind of walk into a large, very ornate um, office. It seems to be overlooking, um, looks out into space, um, sort of off in the distance. You can see. Obviously, stars. Uh, there are ships that are coming and going. Uh, the ships are vastly different from the ones you're familiar with. They look a lot sleeker. Um, and uh, the door closes behind you. And uh, sort of there's a number of chairs waiting for you. And seated behind the desk is a guy who looks an awful lot like an old version of Sims. And he says, would not have believed it unless I could see it. Please, please have a seat. I will stand. <laughs> of course you will. Sims, is that you? Yes. And apparently you. You. In the flesh. Look Dr. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, 
the Neanderthal disease after you leave the storm reverts into an aging process enhancer. I am recalling uh, Spork's last statement of, I will kill you. I am recalling that I have a type 1 phaser in my back pocket. Uh, I I am cautious of of Spork. (laughs) What you will do next. So, um, those of you who want to sit may. uh, Grantham kind of makes his way to a seat. um, And... uh, Sims just kind of, again, is just looking at all of you vaguely incredulously and um, sort of pulls up some information and uh, says, well, here's the thing. You just, because uh, he pulls up the ship's log and like Grantham gives him a quick report on what's happened. And he says, so uh, you, you came out of the temporal anomaly. And Grantham's like, well, yes, well, we pulled out. Yes, we did not flee. Sims <laughs> says, well, here's the problem. In my timeline, you didn't go through. You remained where you were, and time carried on its, its merry way. That was roughly a hundred years ago. You were very old. <laughs> hey, man, you want to look up Star Trek ages? Like, Scotty <laughs> is, like, 250 years old. It's, it's, it's a thing. No. It's the future. Don't worry about it. That's not possible. You, you've abandoned us there. And Your cowardice of, was rewarded with an admiral's position. Uh, no, s- oh, you fly away. Well, uh, my, my cowardice wasn't rewarded with anything. Um, my universal cure for... Iro- Irum- How the fuck were we saying that? Irimodium. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You see, Sims, I feel that's a pretty good indication that you didn't come up with the cure. <laughs> No, someone else did. It was very helpful. Uh, I had this full data pad I managed to find. It was just full of useful information. But yes, my universal cure for the remotic uh, syndrome was... Uh, thank you. Um, was, uh, was heralded as quite the, quite the breakthrough. In fact... Uh, I thought you required three samples to be able to synthesize that cure. Uh, well, someone synthesized a cure in a lab and had a lot of interesting data on her pad. So I just took some of that. Okay. And what do you know... Managed to cure the syndrome, and you know it's it's funny, uh, Doctor Bart. You never really got over that. Um, you uh, well, at least the real you, not any kind of like gestures grandly like this thing. Um, you uh, well, you you lived you lived a life, so I suppose that's fine. You see, here's my problem. All of you came through. We have versions of all of you. Well, not you. And he points at Bart. Um, it says, but the rest of you are here now somewhere. Well, actually, except for you, Captain. And suddenly, like, a look kind of passes over Grantham's eyes, and he's like, wait, what happened to my symbiont? And Sims shrugs and says, well, when you turned up dead, when Anders brought your limping ship through... The symbiote was joined to someone else. What did you expect? And the look that hits Grantham's face, particularly for you, um, Emery, is just only a hundred or so trill get joined and out of the thousands who apply and just knowing that you could have been one and losing it is is unheard of. Um, And Grantham just stands up with like a thousand yard stare and just turns on his heel and walks out. And um, the Admiral says, well... Took that about as well as could be expected. Uh, yes, Captain Anders had quite a time of things after uh, after Grantham's death. 
Uh, never really recovered from it. Had a, an absolutely dismal career, as and he again nods at Bart and says, "You did." Um, but uh, the rest of you did quite well for yourselves. But what to do with you for? And you brought the ship. Logically, yes. Walking here is impossible. Touche, spork. We don't have, have any friends or allies to abandon on a planet. <laughs> so we just took the regular route of flying our starship and here. How, how'd that work out for you? Well, back from the dead, I suppose. We both... <laughs> We all look collectively much younger and healthier than you. I would say this might have been the smarter choice. Well, one of us has an admiral's badge. You do believe in Starfleet regulations, do you not, Spork? I obey as commanded. I also don't have osteoporosis. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to scan him for osteoporosis. He's not going to let you blow your your fucking data pad. Actually, you know what? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Roll me, roll me, uh, control and medicine. Difficulty one. Allow the doctor to treat this for you. One success and a fail. Um, you scan him. Uh, it would seem that he's had some cybernetic augmentations, but yeah, that that was a thing he had. Good call. <laughs> I have a hunter's eye. And I have a robot's back that makes for a fun day. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, uh, sort of to your, your collective horror, um, uh, Admiral Sims very smugly fills you in on the fact that um, it is, uh, since you set out, it has been roughly 100 years and a lot has changed in that time. Uh, the Klingons in the Federation are now um, deeply seated allies. Um, they're... At least one, uh, two enterprises have come and been destroyed since uh, since your time. Uh, a new threat known as the Borg have, have appeared in Starfleet space. Uh, there's a uh, Cold War now raging against the Cardassians. Um, and there's uh, reports of threats uh, from sort of uh, Deep Space Nine and other wayward outposts. Um, the research vessel Voyager has recently gone missing. And uh, generally, the, the galaxy's in a bit of disarray, particularly with the loss of the flagship of the fleet, um, the USS Enterprise. Uh, and so, um, Sims um, is stuck with the unfortunate position of needing more ships, having a new ship, but hating everyone on board it. Uh, still clearly carrying a chip on his shoulder from all of the uh, mistreatment he feels he suffered at your collective hands, despite the fact that he clearly betrayed you and left you for dead. Um, so kind of looking over, uh, steepled fingers, he, uh, says, well, we need more ships. You have a ship, but we already have one of yours. And then he kind of smiles to himself and he says, well, you can always use one more. I hereby redub your ship, the USS Redundancy. We have all sorts of bullshit problems that we can, I'm sure, sort out with your collective knowledge, whether it's the failed doctor the robotic Vulcan. I'm afraid I can't really speak to uh, your further case, Cobalt. Uh, please don't inquire further. And of course, uh, legendary engineer Emery Tor. Well, surely the four of you can get up to some good. Oh, and do say hello to Bing Bong for me. He and I are still good friends to this day. Uh, and so he, uh, he dismisses you to, uh, to return to your ship. 
I mean, <laughs> I will allow the other three to leave. Yeah. Then when the door closes, uh, do I see any recording devices, security cameras, anything like that in this room? You assume there are some, but they're, they're not obvious. It's Star Trek, so all the technology is built into everything. It's not like there's like a camera pod hanging from the ceiling or something. I walk back to the desk and I say, your security forces are lacking. I note you don't have a phaser. Let me return this one to you. Also, I don't know if you're a reading man, but perhaps study the works of the 20th century general Clausewitz. He believed in something called all-out war. I think it should be something you're aware of as an admiral. And then I stroll out. He looks at the phaser, and just as you, as you turn, you catch, and it probably won't be much to you because you're spork, um, but uh, the facade breaks for just a moment, and you, you, you recognize that scared, panicked man that the doctor dragged into the shuttle that clearly hasn't forgiven uh, Bart for seeing his, his moment of weakness. And uh, he looks at the phaser, looks at you, and the door closes behind you. So, uh, essentially... <laughs> I turn to the man beside me. I will have my phaser back. Thank you. <laughs> he, uh, he hands you your phaser, but with, like, a bit of... It's, it's like one of those, like, absurdly outdated cell phones now. He's kind of like, wow, okay. And he, he hands you back your, your phaser pistol. And you see on his belt he has something that doesn't really look like a weapon at all to you. Brave of you to go unarmed. And I leave. <laughs> he just looks after you and is like, so that's him, huh? And his, his compatriot's like, yeah. That's the Grand Admiral. And they both kind of chuckle and they're like, weird. And they watch you walk away. Terrifying. So, um, <laughs> essentially, um, uh, Sims has given you the minimal amount of... Uh, uh, technical support needed to get the ship back up and running. Um, and we'll be dealing with that in, in a future session in terms of how you, you craft it. But basically, I'm going to allow like you... getting a new warp core. So you'll definitely have a new warp core, <laughs> but um, essentially, um, you guys are the forgotten remnant of Starfleet. Your ship is not going to have the best of stuff. You're not going to have the best of gear. It's going to be up to you to kind of forge um, a legacy for yourselves um, all of your uh, present selves have kind of gone on to bigger and better things. Um, you'll have to figure out who they are, what they've been up to. Um, but more importantly, you have to figure out who you are now that you have this ship um, and now that you have odd legacies to kind of either live up to or defy. Um, your briefing report from Admiral Sims suggests that uh, if there's anything Starfleet deems kind of unnecessary, boring, or strange, that will be your purview. And uh, your ship has been dubbed um, NCC Triple Zero because he really doesn't expect you to survive too long. Uh, so he's given you an off-brand designation. Um, when you arrive back at the ship, um, you uh, are greeted uh, sort of as you, you, you all climb back up. You're all sort of lost in your own thoughts. And um, the viewport comes on and... Uh, says it's Sims and he says, Oh, um, by the way, uh, you'll note that currently none of you are the ranking officer because your captain went AWOL and stole a shuttle. So we don't know where he went, but he's gone. 
but I think I have a pretty good replacement for you. You'll find him in the ready room. And uh, sort of out of the captain's ready room comes this sort of disheveled and, like, sort of deeply haunted five o'clock stubble, like, <laughs> just, like, deep rings in his eyes, uh, man that you can vaguely, vaguely recognize as an aged, worn-out version of Anders. And he looks at all of you, and he's like, my God, it's true. You're alive. Oh, shit. I'm your captain. All things considered, Anders looks pretty good, right? (laughs) Sir, you may have a strange feeling when you sit in that chair. (laughs) Don't worry, we cleaned it. (laughs) Everybody gets one. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Uh, I'm... I'm just deeply unsettled. (laughs) Happy you're here, sir. I would like to lodge a formal complaint against Lieutenant Sims (laughs) for cowardice, dereliction of duty, and treason. Uh, Anders starts laughing and then crying. (laughs) Oh, shit. He says, duly noted. Unsatisfactory. (laughs) And he he, he looks at you and he says, yes. Life is, isn't it? And then takes a big swig out of his bottle and walks back into the ready room. Uh. The door slams behind him. But like Star Trek slams, so like slides closed. Yeah. But like real dramatically. I turn and go to the tactical station. <laughs> yeah, I guess I get out my my like w- withdrawal kit for when I need to get him off the sauce and be a good captain. <laughs> I was <laughs> just like, all right. I, I go to my science station and I start pressing buttons, but I am weeping uncontrollably. <laughs> and uh, my first priority is to uh, go down to engineering, um, open, a, open up a computer terminal, um, and with our, with our new updated memory alpha, uh, just looking up to what's happened to the Troll homeworld, seeing if there's been any developments and get in contact with the uh, uh, Trill Symbiosis Commission as soon as possible. So you all kind of take a... It's, a it's, it's been a hell of a day. Odd things have happened. You find yourself in a strange time, in a strange place. But you, you all return to your, your various locations and you feel at home. You're, you've only worked together a little bit, but you're a crew, damn it, and you're going to make this work. And just, uh, just as you start to get things ready for uh, the ship to, to take off, for the USS Redundancy to take off on its uh, maiden voyage, uh, Emery, your, your musings are interrupted by a familiar voice behind you. Ooh, what a happening! And thus, the USS Redundancy took flight. Our Star Trek Adventures one-shot features our GM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. Players Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. Laura Elizabeth at EL Hamstring on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. And the mysterious Kristen, who don't need no help with Twitter traffic. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker. That's M-R-K-R on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and 
and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that subscribe button and show your love to One Shots. DJ One Shots out of here. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish